You could put someone in the electric chair in the mom museum. My kids <laughs> love doing that. They thought that was great. Do they like simulate? Do they simulate like electricity? Yeah, you yeah. Like, you can, you can, you can, you can hit. You can flip this. Is it? Is it a switch? Is yep. it a button? Yep. You can flip the switch. It's terrifying, and it's above it. It says something. And I, I don't know how this hasn't been the name of a prominent rap album or mixtape yet. But above it, in huge letters, you could take a picture of yourself in the electric chair, and it says, the richest man to die. And that should be a mixtape <laughs> title, right? It's like, like get rich or die trying, mix with oh, ready say, to die. This says, is, this says right. many men vibes running through it. Yeah. Welcome back, um, Pablo. I have to be honest. Back. As much as I hate you, I'm happy to have you. You Speaking of you somebody the show, I guess. whose many haters and losers have tried to off but have failed time and again. <laughs> it is me. Um, also, alongside a Spencer Hall, who sounds, who sounds um, a little, a little worrisome. If I'm being honest, mm, a little chopped great. and screwed, a little lower, a little more gravitas. Yeah, I like it. I was on vacation with my kids, and if you go on vacation with your kids, you will get some form of illness uh, because smoking. children are magnets for this. So yes. you're listening to the aftermath of what I like to call casino lung there should be another word for this as as a parent there should be another word for going on vacation with your kids i agree because it's, it's not no, pablo pablo you're not involved you're why because i have one kid yeah. I, don't, I need a second one to qualify at, for at least club. at least at mm -hmm. least to understand how challenging it is it's like playing it's like playing gunner on special teams there are no rules and there's two of them and one of you <laughs> at all times oh gosh anyway Alabaster, you're a kid on vacation when you're here with me and Pablo. Pablo, I, I gotta admit, I, I really I really missed you. I spent a lot of time wow. with, with Dad, with Dominique Foxworth over the last <laughs> week, and I, I need got your a, soft touch. A whole mm -hmm. lot of bad cop is what it sounds like you got while I was gone. I mean, I can only be me. I was hemorrhaging <laughs> confidence. And I already feel better. I feel like the warm swaddling of your embrace. Um, That's right. Jump into my Bjorn. Yeah. Oh. The giant Pablo baby Bjorn, nothing's better. Um, should we talk about some LeBron now that we're all back together? Oh, man. Mm. Speaking of sports media's binky, yes, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, does LeBron's injury end the Lakers season? <sighs> so this isn't good. And I say it's not good even on the level of LeBron's many haters and losers because the one thing you don't want with LeBron, who is the 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 endless fuel in our in our furnace of takes is him to just not be around and now the lakers who are playing a lot better jared vanderbilt looking like a great piece on a team that was going to make the playoffs right. um d'angelo russell looking useful all of these guys um they now are facing a life without a lebron james who is dealing with a right foot injury sustained against the mavs on tuesday you may have seen it he played the rest of the game but guess what um turns out he can't play anymore for some undisclosed amount of weeks and this sucks and so yes i believe that the lakers maybe can like sneak into the 10th seed they're i believe like a game back from that position but the notion of can they do stuff while waiting for lebron the answer is no so daddy yes please come home is what everybody's hoping i mean ad's playing really well he's not shooting well but neither was lebron frankly and i think lebron's huge value is obviously in his on-court intelligence and transition, uh, ball handling, all those things that they can't replace. But I'm holding out hope that this is just like a step up from the flu game, is that LeBron has already mm. told us that these are the next the 20 most important games of his life. And now it's got complicated by the fact that he's injured. So whatever it takes, 
whatever meditation or medication that it requires for him to heal himself the way he always heals himself. Please do it and do it now because you guys are playing well and I want them in the playoffs. I want them. I was so looking forward to this Memphis game. It's fine. Take a week off for the or a game off of the Memphis game, but come back sooner or later. We know you're not normal. We know you're really a robot. So stop pretending like you can get hurt. It's not fair I, to us. I can't really tell, by the way, you know, LeBron, there was this big mythos that he spent, you know, a million dollars a year on his body. Right. And then Tristan mm. Thompson came out and said, this man eats like garbage. <laughs> he eats like a whole stack of pancakes and a whole thing of candy. And he goes out and dunks on your head and it makes no sense. So I know we're all anticipating that LeBron goes back to the compound and he gets in a hyperbaric chamber and he's taking massive experimental drugs oh, i'm going to use the voice, voice all oh episode gosh, just get ready for very that. intimidating so i know we're anticipating that i bet he's just up with some like you know anti-inflammatories and an ice pack just sitting there that's what i'm betting <laughs> that we're all overselling this dramatically and that he'll be back but you, yeah i mean yeah go ahead you can't you can't really believe it's a real thing because I, I guess he was with the Lakers. He he missed that long stretch. At, was that his first season with the Lakers where he missed that long stretch of games? That's the only time I can remember yep. us missing LeBron for an extended period of time. And he's fallen, rolled his ankle. He's looked injured, gotten elbowed, wore a mask, and he always shows up. And if he does not come back and play much sooner than we anticipated, the weird thing about this is there's no projection for when he'll be back, but there's also, like, no prognosis like, we don't know what's torn or sprained or bruised. No. So, like, I'm holding out hope that this is just for theater. Like, let's bring them back. Wait, wait, wait. So you are actually buying on I'm some level buying. the conspiracy theory that this is theater, that he is narratively controlling this entire story, that he knows that what <coughs> he's doing is setting the stage for a return that would only make him that much more heroic. You're buying it because you actually just want him to be okay. You're willing to buy into the fiction. LeBron James controlling a narrative sounds outrageous to me. I can't imagine that as no, a no. possibility. That's <laughs> un unbelievable. No, I mean, I, I don't think that that he's made up some sort of injury in order to like create some more sympathy. Although he did show up with a cast on his hand out of nowhere. He and he did like, didn't he have like a, a wheel under his foot after one game? He's like, although these things have popped up, I always obviously side with the athlete and believe them to be completely honest. But all I'm hoping, I believe that what happened in the game was true. I believe he felt or heard a pop. I believe all a non contact that stuff. pop. Yeah, I believe nah. that. But I'm hoping that in the post game maybe they're playing it up in order to give him a little bit cushion because he's older to take more time to recover and i'm hoping it's just a routine lebron bump which for the rest of us is a torn ligament that'll heal itself immediately when you're lebron james and then he'll be back and we'll have fun and we'll have the season that we had hoped at least a first round of a playoffs we had been promised you know this is by the way the new normal for lebron because his usage rate with the Lakers, as Tom Ziller pointed out in Good Morning, It's Basketball, his extremely informative newsletter, oh, uh, pointed out that, that the Lakers stretch of LeBron's career, this is the lowest usage rate he's had. And his usage rate has been, frankly, ridiculous over the course and the lifespan of his career. So, yes, this is exceptional for LeBron in the long term. But in terms of him as a Laker, you know, I don't want to say it's right on time or it's on schedule, but it has happened again um age is 
I mean, Father Time is undefeated. So I really would love to be optimistic because like you, I've watched LeBron figure out exactly the proper amount of effort to devote to the regular season. It's amazing how well titrated and measured that space and that amount is for him. I don't even know if he can do it this time. I'll be skeptical in the other direction. I think the answer is no to the question. It doesn't mean the season's over. The answer is no, because it sounds like we're all just in willful denial about we're how not boring it's going denial. to be without LeBron. We're not in willful <laughs> denial. We have a, a bunch of evidence. Maybe he was mm. 22 and when, when this yeah, happened maybe before, that but we have all a bunch changed of evidence. In 2018, was, yeah. But until then, Ugh. he was pretty much always the protagonist of the postseason. Alabaster, tell us he'll be the protagonist of the postseason. I sure hope so. I mean, first of all, Spencer, your voice. I would listen to anything you tell me at this point. Like, so whatever your take is, I agree with. But sec- second of all, like, I it, let's assume he can play. Let's assume I don't. I don't want to percent it. Put a percentage on it. He's obviously not going to be a hundred percent heading into the postseason. But what we have now with Los Angeles is a good defensive team that has a somewhat hampered LeBron James and a hopefully healthy Anthony Davis with some shooting and really good defense. Is that a team that could actually be interesting in the postseason to you guys? Well, the reality of interesting is, look, let's just be just say yes. About just it. say yes. Mm. You don't got to meander around. The, the, answer, the, the is answer is the yes because ten teams make the postseason in a fifteen-team conference. That's crazy. And if LeBron James <laughs> is in the postseason, it's interesting. So. Yes. Sorry for taking so long. Yeah, I mean, I think even last year, you guys made fun of me for saying LeBron James and AD is a team that no one wants to face. The problem (laughs) is they surrounded them with a bunch bunch of guys that did not fit. They've made the trades to bring in guys who aren't perfect, like Vanderbilt is going to be a problem on offense. He's not a great shooter. It's going to be an issue, but they've surrounded with guys like Beasley who can shoot on occasion. He's streaky, but he's also good on defense. They've surrounded him with the type of players that they need to succeed. The question honestly is not as much about the role players to me, even if you put LeBron's health out of it is the question is, will LeBron and AD both one or the other like play great consistently, which we have not seen one because LeBron for whatever reason, can't shoot anymore this season and he's getting older and AD also can't stay healthy and can't shoot either. Like that's the big question. And I'm betting on both of them champions to figure it out if they're healthy and they're in a the postseason against some of these less experienced teams on the West, because the West is not as good as we think the West or as the West normally is. Give me, listen, give me Supernova AD. He's capable of that. Yeah. Give me like a good, solid week's games worth of Supernova Anthony Davis when he's putting up like quadruple doubles and just putting up ridiculous like stats. That to me makes them a fascinating potential there. No, we need Anthony Davis to be like Scottie Pippen. It's not a thing I'm not just saying because Spencer sounds like Scottie Pippen and because Malik Beasley may or may not have been romantically linked to Scottie Pippen's ex-wife. That's that's all you wanted to. Like this whole topic, you just wanted to get to it at some point. You're going to use this whole thing to get to that. I don't care. I'm going to bask in the fact that I'm informed about basketball and, oh, it feels good. I've been I've been tiptoeing around basketball subjects all football <laughs> oh, season right. long, but oh, I'll be watching games. Dominique Y'all is in, in zero now. dark zero dark Dominique mode where he stops oh. paying attention to football and oh. starts caring. Dad got leave pass, everybody. Podcast boy taking notes. I got a notebook. <laughs> I got a notebook of NBA thoughts. A notebook. Oh yeah, mm. guys. 
Should they have sent Scottie Pippen Jr. to the G League We're once they uh, traded for Malik Beasley? No. <laughs> Just for kindness to him. It's so awkward. It's so awkward. And you know what's going to make it more awkward is us talking about it. Like, who cares? People, his, his mom's grown. She can do what he wants. He's grown. You think that somebody is not having sex with other people's moms? It happens. <laughs> Everyone's mom is getting some, I hope. Why well, we have to make a big deal about the fact yeah. that this poor guy is – has to work with a guy who once did the same thing. It's fine. Leave a man alone. Who cares? Please, this is where we need the NBA to be more European. We need to just be more casual about <laughs> yeah, this and admit up. that everyone has needs. Listen up. Yeah, Consenting adults. Cosmopolitan, even. I, Not I a great mean, history on LeBron teams where this has gone over well. That's right. No idea we've what all, you're talking we, about. None. We've all, we've, all, we've all been there. Dominique's right. We've all been inside of a birth canal before so we're all the same yeah oh gosh please all right get us out uh, of here. <laughs> okay guys uh, speaking of load speaking of load management um are you with charles Barkley you're whose side are you on? is a huge problem for the nba <laughs> pablo you're so happy pablo's back huh oh um, we're running the two-man I mean, weave I, here this I, is give and go obviously i don't think so but i think we have some sound that we have to listen to before i start mm -hmm. yelling about charles barkley it's a huge issue you know uh and adam and i love adam he's a great so guy I. he's a great commissioner so do but I. I think what what happened is I think he kind of went Me overboard too. trying to take care of the players. He's like, <laughs> you guys don't want to do back-to-backs. We're going to kill most of the back-to-back. -back. Now they get like a whole week for all-star games. So he's trying to do everything possible to get these guys rest. You know, Stephen A., I don't think fans get mad if you're making 30 40 $50 million if you play basketball every night. But you can't make $30, 40 $50 million and then sit out games. I think it's disrespectful to the game. I think it's disrespectful to the fans. Because like I say, these fans are paying their hard-earned money. And this next TV negotiating deal, we're going to have guys making $70, $80 million a year. Yeah. And they're going to be saying, wait a minute. You're going to make $70 million and you can't play basketball three or four days a week? With all the stuff, I mean, they fly private. They got the best medical stuff ever created. And I says, you can't disrespect the fans making $70, 80000000 million and say, you know what, I can't play basketball four days a week. I mean, listen, it ain't like we should working in a steel mill, brother. I mean, if people working in a steel mill every day, I'm pretty sure they're tired too. Oh, Charles, my sweet, sweet. Mm -hmm. can, I just say, can I say before we do the thing, where Dominique um, unleashes the thing he's been waiting, Spencer, to say about Charles Barkley. No on unleashing. The I've no unleashing. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Pablo. I I, I just want to say, I do think that load that load management is a huge problem for the NBA. It's a problem. It's a problem that your superstar athletes are not there as much as the people who pay money to go see them expect them to be. Same goes for the people who turn on a given game and they're like, time to watch the player that I know about. And they're not there. I agree that that is a thing that undermines the business of basketball, which is fundamentally star driven. Where I think it gets complicated and downright um, bad is when Charles Barkley is basically um, taking the side of ownership in saying like all of the things all of the things that will get thrown at them in negotiations, because it doesn't have to be as cut and dry as to the solutions Pablo. and the consequences, but it is a problem. It's Pablo is what it is. But anyway, 
proceed with whatever points you want to make. But no, I want to. I want to smell mm. the as you as you detect it. Speak on. Let's it. talk about that. I mean, first of all, putting it on the players. Let's start by there. Like, start with there. It's not a decision the players make. It's an organizational decision, and it's about optimizing their chances of having success. And so this is what happens when you have a business that has multiple goals. The goal of the NBA or of each team is to make money. The goal is also to win a championship. Yes. And as much as they want to pretend like they actually like respect and like the players, they are looking at the players as assets and they would like to protect their asset. And they're going to not put miles on this asset and as uncomfortable it is for us to talk about. If you think about an asset in a company, they are not going to just have it out there working when there is no value to having that asset working. And this is uncomfortable to talk about, but let's be honest about who has the power in the decision making in all this. And the idea that fans are upset about this is another part that I'm not so sure is true. Like, I get your point, Pablo. I, too, am disappointed when I turn on the game and the player that I want to play is not playing. Or if I go to a game and not playing, like, I get that. That is a problem for the league for the casual fan. I don't think it's a problem. The same way that you put on your cape for tanking, I don't think like the super fan recognizes that this, at least in like modern perception of the game, this is going to give them the best chance to win. The super fan is not upset about this. All that being said, the point is, the bottom line is the NBA is hungry for money. So they put more and more games on the schedule to make more and more money. And they add more and more teams in the playoffs to make more and more money. And then they also, individual teams, are interested in winning a championship. So then they decide to start doing load management. Greg Popovich in the Spurs, everyone's favorite, smartest organization, which is currently on a miraculously terrible tanking tour. They were the ones who started it. And so these are things, initiatives that were put forth by management and while why Charles Barkley and many others are using this as an opportunity to come down on the players is baffling to me and frustrating and angry and, and disappointing and all the bad words that I can think of because the fact of the matter is the players will play. They want to play. But the teams are making organizational decisions. I didn't well, even okay, Spencer, I didn't even Spencer, yell. Dominic, I applaud you for volume control. Spencer, um, I want to hear from you before I begin to jump into the things that Dominique just said. Please. Oh, no, I just agree with all that. I just want to point out Charles looks like my elementary school librarian with glasses on. <laughs> kind of sounds like her, too. <laughs> Shouts out, Miss Curtis. Great. He may have been sitting. He may have been sitting inside of your uh, library from oh, elementary school, oh judging gosh. by just the aesthetics it's just, of, just, of his Zoom room. Just something about the drawl and the glasses, kind of just you know, yeah, it was like a uh, some sort of like United States paraphernalia right behind yes. him. It felt it felt elementary school. Please do but, not okay. put your gum under the tables <laughs> like that. Very distinctive but, but, cadence just brought me right back. That's the only thing I gotta say. He's wrong. We don't have to say I like Charles, but no, man, that's that's an that is. It's an appalling opinion, full cosign. But hold on. I think there is, at the same time, both him being the ruler-wielding librarian teacher of a certain generation, mm -hmm. wagging his finger and his weapon at all of these kids these days. But I also think there's a complicated conversation about as to who is actually deciding when to play in these games. I do believe that the teams are responsible for a majority of it. Dominique is right. There is biometric analysis. There is general wisdom, despite the fact that there is room for pushback as to how firm the science is. 
right? They're echoes of just criticisms of science across the board here in the story. Like, are we sure? Are we sure that this is going to keep these guys safe in the postseason? The human body's an imperfect meat sack. Everybody is different. Probability and random chance rule all of us. The answer is no. There are no guarantees. Wow. Do they see edges in resting, Dominique? The answer is yes to your point. But I also think that the example of the Spurs is an interesting one because the guy who really is the face of this, if we're really pulling back all of the layers on this, is Kawhi Leonard. And I believe that Kawhi Leonard also has made judgments as to when his body is going to be on the court. And look, this is why I say there is a complication here because there is nothing wrong with a player using his health as the foremost criteria as to when they want to do their job. They have reached a level of power via their leverage and the rarity of their skills such that they are justified in doing that. The problem is that that does not need to mean that it's good or acceptable to fans, super nerd like me or casual alike. It's okay to admit that both sides of this are acting to their incentives and it doesn't work out well for anybody if you're watching the game as an entertainment product. Don't tell me he's hot, he's ready to go. Yeah, I mean, Kawhi, I believe Kawhi is probably a special case in this because it's not about load management. The idea of load management is guys who are otherwise healthy managing their output in order to be at their best at the end of the season. Like I think Kawhi has a more complicated injury history. We've seen Kawhi off of a long series of games and he doesn't look like Kawhi. So if you're showing up to watch uh, a performance, you want to see the performer actually perform yes. just because it is that meat sack that you point out up there performing and they're not in their voice doesn't sound right. Then you're going to be disappointed if you go to a Mariah Carey concert and it's obviously Mariah Carey, but she's not singing well because she sang 15 nights in a row. So like the point that I'm making and I think we can put Kawhi aside, but we can keep him in the conversation if it feels like it. We can expand beyond him. Your, your no, argument, no, it's but like, I get to, the, only, the thing that bothers me most is not that I'm disagreeing that it's bad for the game. Like, I agree with that. What bothers me is that rather than us having an honest appraisal of how we got to this point and why we're at this point, we have people who you would think know better jumping out and blaming the players and doing this foolishness about working Fair. in coal mines and talking about yes. how much money they make and all that stuff. Like that's the stuff that upsets me. Cause those are arguments you're right. That are going to be used against the players in um, negotiations. When we yep. have to accept that the reason why load management is even necessary is because we have too many games yes. because y'all wanted more money. And the reason why load management even exists is because also the team, the teams themselves decided to optimize for the thing that we all say is the goal is to win a championship. Yes. So like this we have to accept that there's yeah. two goals that don't always align. And sometimes there's going to be some, one of those goals is going to get shortchanged. And in this and, case, it has to be the entertainment property, which may not be the way to go going forward. But if you want to, if you want it to be more entertaining, then you have to take down how important making money is to you. Also as somebody who covers a sport predominantly that, doesn't handle its postseason well and has tried to invent one without taking value away from the regular season this is structural <laughs> and by design because i will tell you there are two great playoffs one is the nba i love the nba playoffs to me the divergence between a regular season nfl game and a regular season playoff game it's it's slight the playoff game is elevated but they're all very dramatic and they're all very high value items the divergence between an NBA 
regular season game in an NBA playoff game, much less when I know I will carve out time in my schedule to pinpoint exactly when I'm going to watch this and how much sleep I am going to lose as a result <laughs> of staying up for, you know, the Nuggets matchup somewhere in the West. That that's something that that to me speaks of, OK, load management doesn't exist if we don't already have this imbalance between your crowning property as a as a league which is the playoffs and this regular season which you somehow have to deal with because yeah you wanted more money you wanted more games the other one's the nhl playoffs nhl playoffs we by the way we don't talk about that hockey at all like like load management is hockey right there's like two or three different shifts like we we never (laughs) discuss this for some reason it's only a discussion in the nba but but I do want to agree with something very, very clearly that the reason there is load management is hyper competitiveness. It is because everybody is fetishizing the thing that Charles Barkley gets made fun of for never winning. Everybody wants to maximize their odds of winning a ring. And if these games that are being missed actually affected that probability materially, yeah. they would not miss them. But the fact is there are too many games. And yes, at a certain point, Everybody at this bargaining table needs to reckon with how much money they're actually comfortable with losing in exchange for these health-related benefits and entertainment-related benefits, all of which have to derive ultimately from the scarcity of the product, right? How many of the games are you going to actually air? And the same way that we don't fully know um, how load management is impacting the health of the players, like I think it's reasonable to argue that if you're going to use probability of injury then yeah taking out some opportunities for injury work like it's reasonable to argue that we don't know exactly how it's impacting that's fine yep. even though i think that it's probably making the game a little bit safer it's also reasonable to argue that you don't know what the changes that you're going to make to the game how they're going to impact these players in their careers so if you assume that Kawhi leonard if we use that example his career i think it's very realistic to believe that his career has been extended in part because of the way that he's handled the regular season and the way that he's handled his injuries and managed his load. And we appreciate seeing him more because of that. Good job, Pablo. Way to stay focused. Science. You have to understand that when you go into the next negotiations, and again, this was not brought on by the players, but I guarantee you all the repercussions are going to be put on the players. It's going to be some sort of clause about how you don't get as much, you don't get your full contract, you don't play a certain percentage mm-hmm. of the game, you can't win an award, you don't get these games, when actually the people who are putting forth these things that should be punished are the organizations. I know I said it a bunch, but it's important to say. I do think that you cannot anticipate how it will impact you. And in a league that is obviously benefiting from a star being the protagonist for 20 years, We'll see what happens if you both do not reduce the number of games, do not take accommodations to reduce back-to-backs and force guys to play every night. You might end up with a star-driven league that is churning their best assets up during the regular season when don't nobody give a damn. And then we'll get to a point where we're, we're in that dead period where we're always looking for the next Jordan. And it wasn't Harold Miner, guys. I don't care what you say. But when we get to that point, it doesn't Isaiah feel like Ryder? a place. Was it Isaiah Ryder? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was him. Oh, Tim okay. Wolves. It doesn't feel like we're in that place right now because we have so many great young stars in the league. But you cannot anticipate how it will impact the league the same way you can't anticipate the way the low management has. Alabaster, tell me I'm right, and let's get a check on that board and move on. Well, I, I do have one, a couple questions. Because, like, isn't load management just, like, the cross-section of – what the player wants and what the team wants. Like if, as these players get more and more power with or, within organizations, isn't it sort of them both co-signing on each other, how much we're going to rest? There's not really, 
it's not really just the organization Probably. that's at the root of this. Well, no. I, I do, Dominique, I do think there is. It, so I, it's 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 difficult to speak super broadly about this because we don't have the polling data, and this is an individualized preference, right? Would you rather be the guy who plays all of his games as Anthony Edwards, young Anthony Edwards said recently, he's looking down on the guys who are resting off of back-to-backs. He's saying, echoing a lot of this stuff. That's one guy's opinion, right? N equals one. But then across the board, I do believe that in general, guys are making more calculated decisions about, did I just play last night? Did we have to travel cross country last night? These are factors that weigh on how good you are and how healthy you're going to be long-term. I'm I'm willing to accept that some players probably do exploit the load management and it's not about staying healthy or preserving your career. But I do think that you have to understand where the incentives lie and incentives don't lie with playing regular season games. You know how we talk about how football players will get a shot and go out there and play a regular season game no matter what. It's because those games are valuable. And mm-hmm. just as there is cost on one way of this leniency, there's cost on the other way. While we're always we're also looking at uh, was it Byron Jones from the Dolphins now saying that he's getting a bunch of shots. He can't jump or run anymore. That's because these games are hugely valuable. So you have to understand that there is not going to be a perfect science. And when you become a grown up, you accept that your decisions come with cost and you're you're not going to find a perfect decision. There's not going to be a a perfect house that has all the things that you want in the right neighborhood around your family with a big backyard also close to the city. Like it doesn't exist. So accept that when you make decisions, you are going to have to take some of the externalities along with those decisions. And yes, one of the externalities along with this decision is if you want to have 82 games and you want guys to play every single game that you are going to wear them down and they'll be around less often alabaster i'll give you another chance to say i'm right and give us a check well no i I do want to push one more thing forward and pablo i'll give this to both you guys which is to go back to the actual question of we we're now talking about the root cause but i am the nerd i i hand up this might be pathetic i derive a lot of night to night joy for about five months of the year before the playoffs starts from watching basketball and there is some degradation in the product when a star driven league and the players don't play yes uh and what I want to know from you guys is, do you think that's actually a problem for the league or, or not? Because beyond the root causes, it's the problem of, that exists in moving forward. No, because so, you're a nerd. <laughs> yeah. Nerd, nerd, nerds so, don't move the needle. You'll, so, be, you'll be there. You'll be there either way. You'll be there watching Cody Zeller. <laughs> watch Joel Embiid. You'll be Cody Zeller being like, I knew it. Everywhere. I knew Jerry Vanderbilt wasn't a fake name, a dude made up just so he could play basketball in the witness protection program. <laughs> Sounds like. I mean, I just, I, I, uh, sorry, go Dominique, ahead. I just wanted to say that I, in your answer and Spencer's last answer, I just got a very clear sense of what it's like to go on vacation with your kids. Just like the way, <laughs> look, load management is about managing externalities, which is why we can't go to this water park this weekend. That's correct. And follow up, you're a nerd. <laughs> That's right. That's right. These are things you don't understand because you don't. You don't have. uh, Listen, I got. I have two boys. Okay, it's got to be short and it's got to be to the point. (laughs) That is a keen observation. So Um, too should the NBA season mm -hmm, be. By the way, the regular season, Dominique. That is at at, at the core of this. Is that conversation? I mean, uh, I'll respect Alabaster's question, despite the fact that you guys' jokes are a lot more fun. I, I do think that it does impact the product, but again, the root cause of that is where I have issue. Like, yeah, there's we the 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 quality in a game from a playoff game to regular season game is huge. Even if all the stars play, 
Like I could tell you if you just stripped all of the insignia off oh, of the I court love this. and all I love of this test. the the Chirons and everything, if I'm watching an NBA game, I can tell you if it's a playoff game or if it's a regular season game. Mm. I can't for football. And I really like football and really understand football. And I think that those games feel like events because they are events because they matter. I don't know what the math adds up to, but in a basketball game, its value on over the course of the season is uh, uh, three or four minutes of a football game, which I'm fine with going to a bath to the bathroom for three or four minutes of a football game. So you have to understand that if you're putting out all this stuff, supply and demand, basic economic concepts, you put out a bunch of stuff, people are going to devalue it. You have a bunch of playoff spots. The ki- the players are going to devalue it. It's going to make the product worse. And even when the stars are playing, it's less fun to watch for the casual fan and for the nerd like Alabaster. Well, well, this is why, though, I mean, to speak to the economics of the present tense of the NBA, like one of the reasons why the NBA misses the Warriors so much is because when they were making their run to be yeah. the greatest regular season team of all time, reason guess watch. what mattered? The regular season. Right on top of the, the super team sort of soap opera stuff. Yeah. And LeBron now I, and the Heat. I yes, watched all those games. Yes. I watched probably 60 Heat games his first year down there because I cared. And now all I want is for us at Debatable to create the equivalent of like those blind taste tests for bottled water mm-hmm. where you just take yeah. away. I'm going to show Dominique clips of basketball games dera- stripped from context. And I want you to tell me whether you can taste the postseason. Oh, yeah. I can taste the postseason. I know the difference. Don't Pepsi challenge me. <laughs> I know I know a playoff game when I see one. I know playoff intensity. I need a few minutes now. Yeah, you please. might find one high intense uh, series of plays, but this is this is the is this Florida tap water or am I watching Pistons magic sometime <laughs> on lead pass? Oh, man. Give November. me. You can just like use the dots so that I can't see the who the mm-hmm. players are and show me the final seven minutes of any game you want. <laughs> Hmm. That's good content. We should do that. Alabaster, right? You can do Absolutely. You can, technologically, you can make that happen. Yeah, totally. Um, guys, could you see Dan Snyder trying to hold on to the commanders? Oh, my God. I yes, because he has no shame. Story. That's it. <laughs> if he so. had shame, he would not. But he is Dan Snyder, and he has no shame. And I know that because Don Van Natta, in an incisive investigative piece, unearthed the information that he has the Washington logo on his own private jet and charges the franchise $4.5 million a year for it. <laughs> as if it were advertising, which to me is part of a larger play to count the PJ as a business expense. That's that's incredible. So no, no, he could totally try it. That last topic was just a warm up for this topic. If you want me <laughs> to get angry about union related issues, uh, Pablo, I'll step back so you can set all this stuff up, but it makes me mad. Yeah. So here are the, by the way, so Spencer, before we get Dominique into incredible Hulk mode, um, we should point out that anytime you get a call from Don Van Natta and you're an NFL owner, you should probably reconsider whether you're going to answer that call. Um, it's too late. To no, no, no. I think, I think the, the slogan should be if Don Van Natta shows up <laughs> on your phone, it's too late. He already got the goods. He's already right. got his hands I, I, on the document. I need right. everybody to remember what Dan Snyder has already done to evade a congressional subpoena, which is hang out on his yacht. That's he went right. to sea. He went to France. The he, French... invoked, he invoked like an 18th century defense. Like, yes, he has sailed to Tahiti. 
So do you think you could name all of the infractions oh, and accusations? God, no. I mean, there are literally a half dozen investigations concurrently. When I last tried to count all of this, mm -hmm. federal, local, congressional, NFL, retired, FBI, whatever the hell's like. The point is that this is the latest one. And so here now we have his fellow, now former minority shareholders, owners in the team alleging possible bank fraud because Dan Snyder also took out, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong here, Alabaster, over $50 million. 55. 55 mm -hmm. from Bank of America, a character now in this story too. Alongside Roger Goodell, by the way, who somehow seems to be the guy whose signature winds up on a lot of this, Dominique, which then winds up being embarrassing for Dan Snyder, but not quite as embarrassing for Roger Goodell for reasons that honestly do evade me at this moment. Well, that's it. Like, it's not... It's not whether Dan Snyder himself is doing a scurrilous thing. It's who he dragged into it with him. If you remember, this is part of a pattern, right? We didn't get the John Gruden scandal without Dan Snyder being involved in an investigation. You don't get us bringing up Roger Goodell's name in cahoots with Dan Snyder on a dodgy financial deal with his own franchise, if not for Dan Snyder's own scandalous behavior like that's at one point you are too much of a collateral risk to everyone around you as a partner to keep on it's just with these things it's a matter of the price tag that that's it so i, I can't see him trying to i could see him trying to hold on because again shame is not an issue here Agreed. but like do you want to keep pressing it do you want to keep going because there's something in this report which is that 55 million dollar loan ultimately results in him buying out his partners by taking out an even larger loan because he's not liquid because he can't yep. do that i'm gonna mention that again because that's the only way you can hurt a billionaire is to be like you couldn't just write the check could you well well this is <laughs> that this hurt is the, didn't it but dominic yeah. this is the other aspect to this is that jeff bezos is looming there as a potential owner of the team he wants to buy the team reportedly but dan snyder does not want to sell to him because again his grievances his sense of self, his ego is more important even than the liquidity he would receive as a result of the sale, which gives you a sense of what is going on behind the scenes of all of it. And that ego could cost him his limited partners, or well, they're no longer his partners, but they could still cost them money and could cost every um, team in the league, every owner in the league money as far as their valuations are concerned. Yes. So I suspect that uh, they'll figure out a way to make him pay to the highest bidder, but we'll see. Um, I do think that this is incredibly frustrating. Maybe Dan Snyder is a unique, terrible person. He probably is because of the sexual misconduct and all that. But the financial impropriety like that is that is being alleged right now is frustrating and upsetting to me because it's so hard to uncover and understand things like this. I obviously don't know who Don's sources were, but they sure as feel like they were inside based on the information. Got the paperwork. That had, yeah, and that he had access to. And so what we, the reason why it upsets me is I remember being at the NBA Players Association and trying to figure out the accounting because the NBA splits up their money slightly differently than NFL does. NFL, just like revenue, the revenue that comes in will break it up and figure it out. The NBA has basketball related income, which means that you can do like creative accounting to like ascribe some income to something else. It reminds me of that because like the $4 million advertising thing reminds me of some things that we saw when we were doing, going through the books of NBA teams. Cause like, no, the income is much lower than that because we had spend this much on advertising. Then we look and it's like, no, 
This is not advertising. So the reason why it really upsets me is not just because of Dan Snyder, because we are currently on Dan Snyder's. I feel like that is not some that is not someone I need to worry about that much. There are lots of people on his. What worries me or concerns me is how we got this information and how will we get this information from other teams going forward that are doing similar things because I don't know that ESPN is going to be interested in continuing to fund this. And I'm not sure that any other owners will be interested in sharing the information that required to see the stuff. So it just upsets me and frustrates me. It's probably a more symbolic of the country as a whole as than it is just this team or than just this league, but it pisses me off to no end. Right. Uh, and you and have one other astonishing thing. Uh, yeah. One other astonishing thing here. I'm sorry. You, you know, one key to not getting in this kind of trouble don't piss off another crazy billionaire. Yeah. Because the guy in question here who's really pushing this, Fred Smith is one of those partners. Yep. If you're not familiar with Fred Smith, that is Fred of Fred X of FedEx fame. This is a man who once took the payroll to Vegas to make payroll. He couldn't make payroll. He took what was left to Vegas, made it, and flew back in a week. Don't mess with him. <laughs> no, the, also, the... his son is the head coach of the Falcons. That's Little right. detail in there. That's right. It does feel like the best, most effective way to get the information that any shareholder in this league, players foremost among them, wants is to, yes, rely on not any of the half dozen investigations, but to rely on, yes, the rich people who are also mad at the one rich guy <coughs> everyone else is mad yeah. at. I mean, in those so those rich people were mad at Roger Goodell because they wanted an investigation originally, and Roger um, and the league in general tried to avoid having this investigation. And so yeah. then you have to go outside of the league when they won't give you the investigation, and when Roger Goodell's signature is on the loan documents, which there was supposed to be a conference or a vote, a resolution to the board before you can make any of these major financial decisions. There is no evidence of that, allegedly, right? Say that none, a bunch none of times. provided, yeah. Yeah, none provided. And that's the reason why they're upset because then he buys them out and now he's going to sell for it, whoever knows how many billions of dollars. And then these guys are going to be left several hundred million dollars short of what they deserve. So that's why they're mad. Exactly. Let's be clear. This exactly. is not about righting wrongs. This is about <laughs> making sure no. that super stupid rich <laughs> Remain super stupid rich and get even super stupid richer. Yeah. So Charles Barkley, talk about that. Leave my ninety million dollar basketball players alone. <laughs> so we just like coal miners. So <laughs> let's go to some quotes here. Um, got a quote. Uh, for we you haven't guys. given you enough content for today. Do you guys, do you want to skip the fun thing? We're covered. Okay. Let's, we're covered let's in open the kimono. High. Let's open the kimono. Dominique texted me. <laughs> Let's add this topic into the show. And this is the quote that was attached to it. So do you want to skip it? Covered in, uh, we're covered in the soot of the content. I think lines. I'm done though. I just done. I, I mean, I you expect me to bring my heart rate down and, and give it an accurate, like, I think you guys have All right, this. fine. Well, let, no, let's we'll at least we'll rapid we, fire. We, we, we got you. Yeah. I, I, okay. We'll skip this. This is, I load do this just is do live a, load management. Rapid fire to end the show. What are the chances Tom Brady would be good at stand-up comedy? <laughs> Zero. <laughs> I believe that there's a 75% chance we wouldn't be able to tell in that Andy Kaufman sort of a way whether he's actually like doing this poor a job on purpose or not. And so give me 75 on that. Yeah. Zero. Stand up's hard. You're not going to walk out of with 
limited charisma, I'd say, walk <laughs> out of an NFL locker room and be good at stand-up. 0.0. Don't disrespect stand-up comedians. This isn't easy. Uh, listen, I- I'm going to give him a 1% chance because there's a very small chance that he could become a prop comic. And prop comics, Ooh. that's a... that's it, They're disdained by many comics, but I will tell you, could get you a Vegas show, like a, like yeah. a standing Vegas show. So Steve I'm going to give Martin him a 1% prop chance. <laughs> <laughs> next please alright that's it um, Pablo proud of Ooh. you for not making a deflated balls joke I was about to to be honest you yeah. still can we got time ideal gas law I was puzzling over that whether load management is in fact the name of a strip club that Jim Harden already goes to um, it's been a real a real complicated joke I'll tell you, listen, it's not Jay, gonna work Jay Leno sells out two shows every single weekend in Las Vegas what can't Tom Brady do tell me 